It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Friday edition of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. Today on the show, Max Fried is pitching like an ace. Is this Michael Walker's breakout season that's coming? And this PGA versus live, the lines have been drawn in the sand. No pun intended. All of that, it's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts now. We welcome you into Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Please head over to YouTube.com. Find Locked On Sports Atlanta in your search browser. When you find that page, subscribe to it. Leave us a comment. Don't forget, you can download us free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, including Spotify and Odyssey. Leave us a five-star review there. And, of course, you can follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Eight in a row, eight in a row, eight in a row, eight in a row for the Atlanta Braves. They took care of the Pittsburgh Pirates last night, uh, three to one. The story of the game, uh, besides the fact that the Braves continue. By the way, um, we talked about this the other day or last week, whatever it was. Um, the Braves in their first 50 games of the season with runners in scoring possession. Remember when we had when we had that whole discussion, 231 in their first 50 games? Guess what they are in this last eight games on this eight-game winning streak? 325. Not saying we told you so, but anyway. So they're, or excuse me, no, 328. They're up to 328 now. So 328 in the last eight games, runners in scoring position, 231 the first 50. Not saying I told you so, but I told you so. Anyway, Max Fried was outstanding last night. Again, six innings, scattered eight hits, but only gave up the one run on the solo home run didn't walk anybody again last night and had eight strikeouts, lowering his ERA to now 264. So freed on the season, six and two with a 264 ERA, 69 strikeouts in 75 innings, but only 12 walks, 69 to 12 in his strikeout to walk ratio. If you look at Max Freed this year, the Braves are first off eight and four in games that he pitches. If you look at the 12 starts that Max Fried has made this year, half of his starts, half, six of his 12 starts in modern day baseball, he's given up one run or less. Six of his 12 starts, he's given up one run or less. His worst start was without question his very first start of the year. You're coming into the season. They had a shortened spring training. Pitchers weren't you know, stretched out and all this kind of stuff. Since then, since opening day, he literally has only had one start the rest of the year where he's given up more than three runs. That was back on um, May 13th against San Diego when he gave up four runs in six innings. His last four starts, six innings of two runs, six inning of one run, Eight innings of no run. That's that gem that he pitched in Coors Field. And last night, six innings in one run. Max Fried is pitching like an ace. And he has been outstanding. And we've talked about this. Look, Fried has been pretty much lights out all year long. 
you know, opening day, okay, I'll give him that. Pitchers weren't really stretched out, this, that, and the other. Since then, he's been on his game. And, you know, we... 2020 was, you know, a great year for Max Freed. If you look at Freed and what he did in 2020 in the pandemic year, remember he was 7-0 that year, had a 2-2-5 ERA, 50 strikeouts and 56 innings. He finished fifth in the Cy Young, won a uh, gold glove, uh, by the way, which he also did last year, and a silver slugger, too bad he can't hit anymore. Then last year, it felt like that, at times, we didn't see in the first half of the year the real Max Freed. But in the second half of last year, he was maybe the best pitcher in baseball. 14-7 and seven last year with a 304 ERA and had two shutouts last year, which led the league. Look, I don't know what Max Freed is going to be long-term. I don't know if he's going to be Glavin or Maddox or Smoltz. Or, you, know, you don't know how to put that on a pitcher. But if there is a guy who is an ace, and he is a stopper in this league, that's what Max Fried is becoming. And it's really low-key. You know, he's not flashy the way DeGrom and Scherzer and Kershaw and some of these guys in their prime, even you, Darvish, right? He's not a guy who's real flashy about what he does. He just has amazing stuff, and he gets outs. And the fact that he doesn't hurt himself, the fact that he doesn't hurt himself with the walks, you know, he's only given up six homers in 75 innings this year. Last year only gave up 15 homers in 165 innings. And in a sport where the whole league and the whole design of your offense, just think about the Braves, right? They have power in the leadoff spot with Ronnie, power with Dansby, power with Olsen, power with Riley, power with Ozuna, power with Darno, power Duvall, power Ozzy, power, 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 power. Lineups are designed to be big home run units. He doesn't give up very many long balls, and he doesn't hurt himself by putting guys on base for free. 69 to 12, that's ridiculous. That's almost 6 to 1 strikeout to walk ratio if you're not giving up many homers and you're not putting guys on for free you can give up a few hits here and there you, you can go out there and give up a few hits and all that but that gem that he pitched last friday night a week ago tonight in colorado where he was eight innings of shutout ball and honestly what was it after the first uh inning he only gave up i think one or two more hits the rest of the way Max Fried has been outstanding. Not really much of any way to describe it. I don't even know how he's got two losses, to be honest with you, other than he didn't pitch well opening day and he had one other bad start. But besides that, you have a pitcher that has half of his starts where he's given up one or less runs, not two or three. You know, what do we call, or not we, because I don't call it this, what do they call a quality start in baseball nowadays? Quality start in baseball is defined as six innings and three runs, right? Four and a half ERA. For Max Freed, that would be a dreadful start. <laughs> For Max Freed, that would be one of his worst starts of the season. Because half of his starts, he's been one run or less. Now, it's also untraditional because he's not a guy that typically pitches in seventh, eighth, complete games, this, any other. But he pitched eight innings in Colorado last Friday. He has gotten in the seventh inning on a few of his starts. 
It's not like Max Fried is just simply a five innings and we got to get him out of there. What, what's what's the real shame about Max Fried is the fact that now that they have the DH, we don't get to see him hit. Remember, he was the last silver slugging winning pitcher that we'll probably see in baseball history in the National League because he is an outstanding hitter. So I don't it, look. I don't know how Max Fried profiles out. Is he in the same class as DeGrom or Scherzer? He's not at that level yet. But I will tell you, there are a few guys in Major League Baseball right now that pitch and act more like an ace when they go out there than what Max Fried is every night uh, when he gets a chance to spin the ball. All right, when we come back, is Michael Walker ready for his breakout season? He speaks to the Atlanta Falcons and their reporters. We'll talk about that next. Hitting hard with John Chuckery. I'm Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back with you on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Reminding you, head over to YouTube.com. Put Locked On Sports Atlanta into your browser. Search us. Find our page. Subscribe to our channel there. Also, too, free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. You can download us on Spotify, Odyssey, all your favorites. Leave us a five-star review. Follow me on my personal Twitter page. That would be at jmch316 you know when you're a roster like the atlanta falcons and you're influx and turnover and change and all these different things that are going on you need to find some gems and some diamonds in the rough and some guys who maybe overplay especially their first rookie contract right grady jarrett's a great example of this you talk about a fifth round pick who way outplayed his first contract and ideally you play yourself into a really good second contract and you sign them, you keep them, you move on, this, that, and the other, right? So we've been talking about some of the breakout potential guys and stuff for the Atlanta Falcons this year. You know, coming into the season several months ago, Pro Football Focus talked about Michael Walker and listed him when they were going through, okay, who's an early breakout candidate for each team? They picked Michael Walker, PFF grade last year of 71.3. They said, quote, Walker's only played 581 snaps over his two years in the NFL. The 2020 fourth round pick has earned the right to play far more in 2022, given his small sample success. He has earned a 75.3 pro football focus grade in that span, including, and this is the big thing, a 90.1 mark in coverage that featured a pick six last season against the Carolina Panthers. Now, look. Michael Walker was speaking to the media yesterday and talking to some of the Atlanta Falcons reporters saying, quote, I feel like I was ready last year. I've been ready for my opportunity every day. I'm going out there and compete with myself. Just go out there and get the respect from my coaches and the players. So, you know, right now, as you have guys like Troy Anderson, who are rookies, you have Rashawn Evans, who's coming over and learning some of this system. Then you have Deion Jones, who is, hurt and recovering and then you've lost foyer Oluokun, you know to free agency this is a chance for michael walker to step up and look i had a chance to interview michael walker when he was first drafted by the atlanta falcons he's a good kid he's you know if you if you saw him in college or followed his profile at all in college he was a a ball dominant linebacker like wherever the ball was he was in that area he could get turnovers, but he was always right near where the football was. And if there's one thing that is profiled out in his first couple of years is he's an excellent linebacker in coverage. Now, is he a guy that you can put on an edge and let him go get the quarterback and things like that? Probably not. He's probably not a guy that's big enough, strong enough to be able to go there. He's quick enough, no doubt about that. But you lock him up with a good left or right tackle in the NFL, he probably is going to get slowed down. But 
You talk about a guy who can run and hit and do some of the things that made Deion Jones so good. And what was the thing about Deion Jones that everybody raved about in those first few seasons that he had? How good he was in coverage. He could run sideline to sideline. He could hit, you know, as far as taking on running backs and things. He could knock those guys down, but he was also really good in coverage. That's a lot how Michael Walker profiles out. So I hope Michael Walker really gets a chance to show what he can do. And the fact that he was here last year and in the Dean P system, and look, he hasn't had a lot of snaps. We just talked about 581 snaps. That's not even for most guys a full year in the NFL. That's not even a full season's worth of snaps for a lot of guys in the league. But when you talk about those guys who he has some size, he has some of the physicality, and he can run around and cover guys, boy, I hope that he can be. And I hope he gets a shot, you know, to do it. And look, there's a lot of competition, whether Deion Jones is here or not. They've invested a higher draft pick second round in a Troy Anderson. Dean Pease has talked about Rashawn Evans, about the fact that he's like, I don't know how Tennessee or why Tennessee cut this guy. I'm glad they did. And we had a chance to pick him up. And then, you know, uh, Kiewitkowski is another guy that they brought in, right, who played with the Raiders last year, played with the Bears over his career. He's another guy that they like, that they think can do some things. You know, those guys a little bit more bigger, physical. And when we talk about why Deion Jones is having some of his struggles of going up and meeting up with some of those offensive linemen that are coming at him, that's where his struggles are. But Deion Jones has never been questioned about what his coverage skills are. Michael Walker, the same way. You know, say what you will about Michael Walker, but he did have the pick six last year. He does seem to gravitate toward the football and make plays when he is in there. So I'm excited to see what he can do. And, you know, there there's a lot of, how do we say, um, you know, hopeful enthusiasm about some guys on this roster that maybe over the last year or two, you know, I'll put a guy like Kadri Allison in this mix as well. And then there are also guys that they've brought in. I'll use an Auden Tate that maybe because of injury or being squeezed out or the talent ahead of them, haven't gotten an opportunity to be able to be featured on an offense or defense. I think Michael Walker is one of those guys. And I think Michael Walker is one of those guys that could be a very important piece. Look in the NFL when they're, and, and this is what we talk about. It's great to say you have two corners, but with all due respect, there are five and six guys that run out in patterns nowadays. So just simply having two in 1978, if you said, man, I've got two great corners. Cool. You know, the Oakland Raiders would run, you know, branch and Bolitnikoff and maybe Dave Casper out in a pattern. That's the only three guys got to cover. Now you got five, six guys, empty backfields, guys just running all over the field. So you better have not only multiple defensive backs that can cover, you better have linebackers that can run around the field and cover as well. You better have linebackers that can go sideline to sideline. You better have linebackers that can run with some of these tight ends and slot receivers and running backs that come out. Because if you don't have linebackers who can cover in the NFL, you're going to be screwed. And, and teams are going to exploit that weakness in you. And if, if nothing else, that is certainly the strength of Deion Jones, but it's certainly the strength of what Michael Walker is. So I'm excited to see Michael Walker. I'm excited to see what he can do. I hope he finds a way to work himself in. And, and when we get to training camp, this is a group that has a lot of battles ahead of it. You know, let's just for argument's sake, because I don't think Deion Jones will be here. 
I think eventually they're going to trade Deion Jones. But let's just for argument's sake say Deion Jones is here with the Falcons. you got a lot of competition between Debo and Anderson and Michael Walker and Rashawn Evans and Kiewitkowski. You have a lot of guys that you want to learn about. And while those are not household names outside of Deion Jones, and obviously Anderson's a rookie, you know, out there, there are a lot of guys who I think look at this opportunity and say, hey, I could be the guy. I can step in. I can make some plays. You know, Rashawn Evans is a former first-round pick. Uh, Kiewitkowski is a guy who has started a bunch, you know, for Raiders, Bears, and in teams like that. Anderson is a guy who profiles out as a guy who's high motor and, you know, was obviously the defensive player of the year in Division II college football, FCS college football, right? So you have a lot of guys who have the potential for upside. I hope we get to see more of Michael Walker. And I've kind of wanted this for the last couple of years. And, you know, whether it's maybe some of his deficiencies in the run game or being able to sack the quarterback or this, any other, that things have held him back. I will say that at least in his first couple of years, they haven't put him in a lot of bad positions, right? They haven't put him in a lot of spots where his flaws and his weaknesses can really come to the surface. And you can see why maybe he doesn't get as much playing time. So if you're looking for breakout candidates, I know recently here there was a list talking about Brian Edwards, the guy that they traded, the wide receiver they traded for from Oakland or from whatever, Oakland, LA, Las Vegas, you know, Cucamonga, wherever the hell the Raiders play nowadays. Um, I like Michael Walker a lot. I think he's a guy that if he gets the chance to do it and he can get some more downs in this league, I think you're going to see good things out of Michael Walker and he can be a definite solution at their linebacker core with or without Deion Jones. All right, when we get back, um, this PGA versus live or live or LIV or whatever the hell it is, the lines are drawn in the sand, and I love it. I love crime on crime. We'll talk about that next. Hitting hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. It is hitting hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Head over to YouTube.com. Find Locked On Sports Atlanta in your browser. When you find our page, subscribe to it. Hit that button there. Leave us a comment about what we're talking about. Also, we are free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, Spotify, Odyssey, whichever you prefer. And you can leave us a five-star review. Would be greatly appreciated. Follow me, if you would, please, on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. I am loving this, and I'm going to refer to it as I'm a wrestling fan, as you can see, okay? And one of the superstars in the WWE right now, her name is Liv Morgan, okay? So I'm having to set up and give you some context. With her. I'm going to call it the Liv Morgan tournament because I don't know what the hell they want to call it, you know, nowadays. So the PGA yesterday, the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan, the commissioner, put out a statement that was uh, head of the tour members, and he listed by name, but he says that, um, simultaneous to you receiving this memo, the players listed below are being notified that they are suspended or otherwise no longer eligible to participate in PGA Tour tournament play, including the President's Cup. And he goes on to talk about the different tours and stuff like that that they're also not allowed in as well. As you know, players listed below did not receive the necessary conflicting event and media rights releases or did not apply for releases at all and their participation in the Saudi Golf League, the Liv Morgan Golf event, is in violation of our tournament regulations. The same fate holds true for any other players who participate in future Saudi Golf League events in violation of our regulations. Now, if you're not familiar, this Liv Morgan tournament 
is the Saudi back tournament. They're playing in London this weekend, right? It's headed by Greg Norman and is supposed to be the alternative to the PGA tour. And it's an eight week event. They got 54 holes that you play, but guys are going over there because they're paying gazillions of dollars. Now they listed all the guys on this list. Sergio Garcia, I'll give you the names of note. Sergio Garcia, Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na, um, uh, Charles uh, Schwartzel, uh, and Lee Westwood, and Dustin Johnson as well. Those are the guys of note and merit, okay? And they say on this release too, you probably have more questions. What's next? Can these players come back and they eventually play PGA Tour champions? Trust that we've prepared to deal with these questions and we'll approach them in the same way we have this entire process by being transparent and respecting the PGA Tour regulations that you helped establish. Now, we sort of knew that this was coming, right? So yesterday, the Live Morgan Golf Tournament put out their response. Quote, today's announcement by the PGA Tour is vindictive and it deepens the divide between the tour and its members. It's troubling that the tour, an organization dedicated to creating opportunities for golfers to play the game, is the entity blocking golfers from playing. This certainly is not the last word on this topic. The era of free agency is beginning as we're proud to have a full field of players joining us in London and beyond. Okay, first off, um, who's blocking them from playing? I'm on the PGA Tours side of this. Um, you have rules, you know what they are, you don't, you can't just leave the tournament and go for a cash grab because let's call it like it is. Okay. Phil Mickelson, the biggest phony in the world, phony Phil. Oh, Saudi Arabia is bad. They cut off the heads of journalists and blah, 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 blah. Right. It was all big balls. Willie a few weeks ago, month ago, whatever, and his statements and all that kind of stuff about Saudi Arabia. Then what's he do? He goes and takes the money and runs. So this is all a cash grab, and I'm not mad at that. And the players have the ability. But like everything else in life, in every decision that you make in life, there are always, and I mean always, unintended consequences. The unintended consequence, if you decide to go play in this Liv Morgan tournament or whatever it is, okay, is you're going to lose your chance to be in the PGA Tour events. You're going to lose your FedEx points, and you're not going to be recognized. That's not vindictive. That's the rules. And those guys knew that going in, but you know what they said? The hell with that. DeChambeau and all. You know, I saw DeChambeau yesterday lost a sponsor for it. These guys knew going in that you take this cash grab from these people you're going to have ramifications that you may not like. Eh, you know what? Screw it. We want the money. Fine. And now the, the Live Morgan tournament is, oh, it's vindictive and they're not letting them play. They're letting them play. You're playing this weekend. You're getting your $100 million for the next eight weeks to play in these Fakakta tournaments in London and here and there and Bangladesh and wherever, in Egypt and wherever the hell they're going to play all these tournaments at. Nobody's saying you can't go. But if you go, this is what comes with it. And those guys made their choice. And those guys don't miss me with those guys didn't know or understand what was going to happen. I'm sitting here in Atlanta 
a ham and egg or jabron. Okay. What, what, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting here and I knew what was going to happen. I'm one of the humanoids out here in the audience that knew what was going to happen, that the PJ tour wasn't just going to sit by and say, Oh, go have your fun. You know, the USGA is a little different entity, but the PJ tour wasn't going to say, Hey, just go have your fun. Screw us. Screw our tournaments. Go have your fun and go go to London and go to Bangladesh and go to Europe and go to Lebanon or wherever the hell you're going to play and just do whatever you want. Unintended consequences. And that's what these guys are facing. Now, they probably don't, a lot of these guys probably don't care. And, and can I tell you, I'll go ahead and say it. Sergio Garcia is on this list. Can I tell you, this may be one of the best things that ever happened. Because if I never have to watch Sergio Garcia on another PGA Tour event, it will be too soon in my lifetime. F you, Sergio. I don't like Sergio. I think he's a punk. I think he's a goofball. His whole history that he's got. I can give you 10 different times. We talked about Sergio Garcia about a month or so ago, right? And his little spat and I can't wait to get off this tour. Well, guess what? We can't wait for you to leave. Don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you. Hasta lasagna, don't get any on you. So I'm fully with the PGA on this. Hey, go have your fun. Do your thing. Guess what? Your FedEx points, gone. Oh, you think you're just going to show up when you want? Uh-uh. Unintended consequences. These guys, for one reason and one reason only. Let me repeat. Make sure you're tuned in and listening really well. For one reason and one reason only. They took the cash. They made their cash grab. I ain't mad at it. You have to make your money. You have to set your next 15 generations of family up, but you can miss me with they're not having opportunity and they're vindictive and all this kind of stuff. If you get into bed with certain people, you might end up with some fleas and bed bugs in it. And some of these guys are going to find that out. Some guys won't care. 100 million bucks for eight weeks of, hey, man, sign me up. Let me have all of this. But every decision you make has unintended consequences. And I am glad that the PGA Tour fired back and said, you know what? <clears throat> you guys aren't just going to go do what you want when you want and just leave us high and dry. All right, we thank you so much for making Hitting Hard with John Trekker your first listen. Don't forget, make A to Z with Mark Zeno your second listen every day as Mark is back giving his opinions that you may not like, but you know you got to hear them. So you can find him free and available on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Download the today A to Z with Mark Zeno. Uh, you can also find him on our YouTube page. That is Locked On Sports Atlanta. Put that in your YouTube browser. Subscribe. Tell us what you think about the shows that we've got going on. And as I always ask, Follow me on my personal Twitter page at JMCH316. Hope everybody has a great weekend. We will be back with you on Monday. This has been Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked on Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.